0: Do you hear it coming? I I, I don't hear it. Oh, what is oh, it? Oh, hear it! Oh, you hear the little earth wind and fire? Oh, <laughs> guess what time it is, Karen? Oh, guess what time it is? Do you remember? It is Rossi's birthday month selections, everybody! Oh, it's a party! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the twenty-fourth night of September? <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. Little hi, little low. Little hey, little ho. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1999 children's film Stuart Little. Oh my god, guys, I love this movie. This is childhood comfort in a nutshell. I do remember you being very obsessed with this movie when you were small. Watch it over and over and over again. It is a good time. It's very short, it's only like an hour and 20 minutes. It's got heart, it's got a good message. And it is much less confusing than the actual source material. <laughs> Two words, loosely based. <laughs> <laughs> Before. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at KICKNSTREAM. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be supporting our podcast by practicing the three R's, rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, and retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join this little holiday watch party. Oh, I holiday. I said holiday. Yeah, like your birthday's a holiday. (laughs) This
1: little birthday watch party. (laughs) On a perfectly ordinary street, in this perfectly ordinary house,
2: the Little family...
3: It's today, it's today!
2: ...is about to do...
4: Remember, I want a little brother, not a big brother.
2: ...something
1: perfectly extraordinary.
2: Mr. and Mrs. Little, we try to discourage couples from adopting children outside their own... ...species. Mom? Dad? I'm home! This holiday
1: season... Columbia Pictures... ...and the co-director of The Lion King... ...invite you to meet...
3: Stuart Stuart
1: Stuart. Stuart? Stuart. Stuart. Oh, Snowbell! Drop him right now. You spit Stuart out this instant, Snowbell. Spit him right out. We do not eat family members. Stuart Little.
4: A mouse with a pet cat. <laughs>
3: About what the heck? <laughs> coming this December.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I love live action and computer animated together. <laughs> But especially in this minimalist sense, guys, the computer animation in this, while obviously computer animation, still just fits so well for 1999. Like, I hardly question it. No, yeah, this is one of the great examples of what I always say about computer animation where... The less frame of reference we have for the thing that's being computer-generated, the better it inherently looks. I know. We don't know what an anthropomorphic mouse who wears clothes and speaks English would move like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for crying out loud. And I love that, of course, we have anthropomorphic animals in this, but I love that the cats are... Holy live action. Oh, no. With their faces being animated over. I'll come back to that later, but I really do respect the animal trainers that were, were involved in this. They did a really, really good job. They did. Guys, Rob Minkoff uh, is returning with us here to Kicking and Streaming. He directs. Can I take a guess? Yes. Did he... No, that was a rob. Ah, I was going to say did he direct The Grinch, but that was Ron Howard. It was Ron Howard. He directed The Haunted Mansion. That's what it was. Uh-huh. He's also done Forbidden Kingdom. He directed The Lion King. Yeah. In 1994. Oh my god. Um, like, Hi, Rob. And uh, his wife Crystal Minkoff is a cast member on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh no. Rob, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've mentioned this once before when covering another birthday selection of mine, but this movie was written by M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) What? No. Outside of learning that Stuart Little is not actually a mouse, that's the wildest thing I've learned about this movie. Let's get into that, huh? (laughs) Let's get into what you just said, because obviously this film is based off of the children's novel by E.B. White. We know E.B. White, Charlotte's Web, uh, The Trumpet and the Swan, but mm-hmm. also Stuart Little. Yeah, guys, Um, I know you guys have seen this TikTok recently. This TikTok by Jordan Keyes, where he plays the, quote, original song he wrote about the fact that Stuart Little is not a mouse. I know. I wh- What? I was... <laughs> This is new information for most of us in 2022. I was today years old. <laughs> what the hell, Carrie? I don't know, but Here's the thing. I do know why they chose to do this movie the way they did. We'll come back to it later. But yeah, guys, Stuart Little is not a mouse he's in the a, book. He's a human little boy with the physique of a mouse. Who was born to human parents. But is as tiny as a mouse? He's three inches tall. What what was labor like for Mrs. Little in that book? Easy. Apparently. He crawled out of there. (laughs) And see, that is why. That is why they chose to do this movie in the way they did. Because nobody wants to broach that conversation around the dinner table. Right? Like, mommy, daddy, how did Stuart Little come into being? Like, no one wants to have that conversation. It made a $200 million profit. It is a great film. Uh, Let me, you know, uh, Carrie, you know how I love a film score. Oh, here we go. Guys, just the music in this movie. I don't know. It just takes me right back to being five years old.
3: Mm -hmm. You know
0: what I mean? And like we have Alan Silvestri to thank for that. Uh, Can I just name a couple of other Alan Silvestri compositions? Please do. He's notable for working with Zemeckis. We know Bob Zemeckis on this show very well. Uh, he did Back to the Future. He did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Castaway. Uh, he's been with us before. He did the score for Polar Express, which oh, is, of course, very famous. Yes. Uh, Predator, The Abyss, Father of the Bride, The Bodyguard, <laughs> The Parent Trap. And I... Oh, did you think I was going to let you breeze by that without a Whitney reference? Lilo and Stitch, Night at the Museum. And... Um, <laughs> I will never get over how your love for Night of the Museum is rooted completely in Carla Gugino. And he does the MCU music. Yeah. Uh, More notably, the Avengers. Yeah, he's making good bank these days. And folks, you might have guessed it, but we have names. Guys, please welcome back to kicking and streaming as Eleanor Little, Gina Davis. Help me out here. What movies has Gina Davis been in that we've covered? A League of Their Own, Carrie. That's right. She's the star of A League of Their Own. Shame on you. I know. I know. That was ages ago. I know, guys. That was like the first season of kicking and streaming. Uh, Tootsie, Uh, Beetlejuice, The Fly. Uh, she's in that uh, musical thing from the early '80s with Jeff Goldblum, where Jeff Goldblum is an alien. We have to cover that movie. Oh my God. What's it called? I don't know. Uh, Earth Girls Do It Better. Earth Girls, uh, Earth Girls Do Best or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That is the peak of camp. Uh, Thelma and Louise. Uh, she. Oh, hey, uh, Commander-in-Chief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where well, she's the first female president of the United States. Gotta love her. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming as Frederick Little, Hugh Laurie. He was with us when we did The Man in the Iron Mask. I forgot about that completely. Oh, Carrie. Well, it's because he's like an under five in that movie. Like, <laughs> I completely forget about that. You, of course, know him from uh, Fry and Laurie. You know him from uh, as Dr. Gregory House on House. Oh, my God. Carrie. Ariane loves house. Her panties are on the ground for house. No, like, I, listen, he's an asshole, but it's a good show. Oh my goodness. And like Hugh Laurie is the owner of one of the finest American accents from an English actor that exists. That's right. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, Sense and Sensibility. Also, <laughs> he plays he plays Vincent Minnelli in that My uh, my Life with Judy Garland. Really? The Me and My Shadows thing. We must watch that. By Lorna Luft. I, I love that. I, I hate to say this, but... But I kind of think that this is some of his finest acting. I, I know, because you think about Mr. Little, and then you think about House, <laughs> and how they're living on completely separate planets. They're so different.
3: Like, I just,
0: I'll come back to it later, but I really do love his acting in this stupid movie. Do you remember that Family Guy bit? Oh my God, Lois, what has happened to Jonathan Lipnicki? <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> Guys, please welcome to kicking and streaming Jonathan Lipnicki. You, of course, know him from Stuart Little <laughs> as George Little. And the littlest vampire. It's the That's so cute that you called it the littlest vampire. Is it just the little vampire? It's just the little vampire. Well, he is the littlest vampire. <laughs> yes. No, he's not. He doesn't become a vampire in that movie. He also did an arc on Dawson's Creek. Yes, he did dude here's the thing i don't want to wait for my lunch to get colder that is not how, how that can't goes i eat it now <laughs> sorry no here's the thing even as a little girl when i saw this movie you know jonathan lip and i are around the same age uh he's two years older yeah he's are. a little older than me but we're around the same age and i remember being like oh i don't know i was seven when this movie came out. You're not about to tell me that you thought you'd grow up and marry Jonathan Licknicki. I
3: thought he was the <laughs> cutest
0: thing that had ever lived. He is. Jerry Maguire? I mean, come on. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, my little seven-year-old heart was in love with him. And I'm sorry, he's a brick shit house now. And <laughs> As an adult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is very cute. <laughs> very attractive man. Oh, my um, God. Guys, please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming as the voice of our title character, Stuart Little, Michael J. Fox. Oh, my God. He was with us when we did Atlantis. He was the voice of uh Milo Thatch. Yeah, the love of my little young life. <laughs> guys, family ties. He's Marty McFly from Back to the Future. I see you, Rob. Uh-huh. I see you reutilizing casts. <laughs> no, uh, here's the thing. There were a lot of people who were considered for that voice part. But I really feel like Michael J. Fox just has this vulnerability to his voice that doesn't come through in other performances by other actors. Like, like there were so many people considered for that role, and they finally settled on Michael J. Fox. Here's my thing. Why not have him voiced by a child? Because he is a child. But no, it oh, is... Oh, I actually have a reason for that. Why? Do you want to hear what it is? Yes. Okay, at the time that Stuart is adopted by the Littles, he's probably only a year old. And then mice typically only live six to seven years. Okay. So <laughs> all right, he might technically be in his, quote, early 20s by that point. Well, then in that case, he's ineligible for adoption anyway. <laughs> No, there's so many things about the plot of this movie that don't make sense. How we are constituting a legal framework around this anthropomorphic mouse, (laughs) I will never understand. How legal it is to adopt him. Can't. Guys, please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming as the voice of Snowbell, the little's family cat, Nathan Lane. Oh my god, he was with us when we did the birdcage. Mm-hmm. He was with us when we did the producers. Yes. Uh, oh my god, guys, the Adams family, the odd couple, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, guys and dolls. Like, we are big fans of Nathan Lane in this house. He's Timone in the <laughs> Lion King. I see you, Rob. <laughs> I see you. Don't think you can hide. Uh, I, of course, love him as F. Lee Bailey in uh, FX's American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. You really are a slut for that performance. I am such a slut for it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love it. Guys, please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming as uh, Uncle Crenshaw. We have Jeffrey Jones. He was with us when we did uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. He was Reverend Steenwick. Yes. Um, he. Uh, guys, Beetlejuice, I see you, Rob. Um... <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Hunt for Red October. He's the he's the old-looking ginger lion-esque guy. Yeah, yeah, you know him. Uncle Crenshaw is, of course, Frederick's brother, Mr. Yeah. Little's brother, Hugh Laurie's brother. So they named him Crenshaw, but Frederick, Frederick. And I know exactly why that is. Why? Because they're an old-timey family. And Crenshaw is definitely Frederick and Crenshaw's mother's maiden name. I mean, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Guys, please welcome Connie Ray to Kicking and Streaming. She's playing Aunt Tina, who I think is Crenshaw's wife. I was uh, gonna say, is Aunt Tina the redhead? Yes. Then she's definitely Crenshaw's wife. Yeah. She, she was on George Lopez and uh, a movie called Thank You for Smoking <laughs> in yeah. 2006. Uh, we've got Alice Beasley is Aunt Beatrice. Uh, I love her. The only other thing I know her from besides this is Maniac. Oh. She's one of the test subjects in Maniac.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: that was a good show. It really was. Uh, we've got Brian Doyle Murray playing Cousin Edgar. Brian Doyle Murray is famously the older brother of Bill Murray. And he is also the voice of the Flying Dutchman. No way! In SpongeBob SquarePants. That's but, so great! Guys, Caddyshack, Groundhog Day, Scrooge. If it's got Bill Murray attached to it, it's probably got his older brother, Brian Doyle Murray. I mean, hey, if either of of us ever become famous in a real way i expect the same level of treatment from you guys if you're not a little onion at the five you might not know this but please welcome back to kicking and streaming mrs Estelle getty mm-hmm. she of course is on our patreon coverage when we cover the golden girls as sophia petrillo which is what she is most known for this is a nothing role for her i know she has two lines yeah she has two lines and that's it um estelle getty of course Primetime, primetime Emmy Award winning actress. She was notable on Broadway in the Torch Song Trilogy with Harvey firestein A fierce supporter of the LGBTQIA community and <sighs> the AIDS crisis. R.I.P. Estelle, you were the best. But guys, also welcome back to Kicking and Streaming from our coverage of the Golden Girls and Freaky Friday, Harold Gould. <laughs> oh, and also Master of Disguise. Yes! Oh my God. And he has no lines. Yeah. He has No lines in this movie. Like, he has lines in the crowd scenes, but none that you can actually hear. He's playing, uh... Uh, Grandpa Spencer. Because, like, I love that they made Estelle Getty's character's name Estelle. Yeah. Grandma Estelle. Estelle and Spencer are Crenshaw and uh, Frederick's parents. I didn't... Here's the thing. They don't make that clear. They don't make it clear how any of these people are related to the Littles. We have Uncle Stretch, played by Patrick Thomas O'Brien. I like that his name is Stretch and he's incredibly short. He's Mr. Dewey from Saved by the Bell. He's the math teacher. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you had no reaction to that. No, I had I was not a Saved by the bell kid. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming as the hilarious Mrs. Keeper, the uh, head of the New York City Public Orphanage, Julia Sweeney. You know Julia Sweeney from her tenure on SNL in the early 90s. Well, you might not know it, listener, but like... Uh, no, I, I don't know it either, but hearing the words SNL, that makes sense. Uh, she's in Father of the Bride, Work in Progress, American Gods, but she's most notable for her for her staple character on Saturday Night Live, Androgynous Pat. <gasps> Is that Androgynous Pat? Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Yes, she is. Pat is a character that was in skits on SNL. And the joke about it was, the joke was uh, the nature of the non-binary.
3: Yeah. Is that
0: you cannot tell, no one could ever tell. Whether Pat was a man or a woman. Slightly transphobic in spots. Quite, slightly transphobic in spots. And Julia Sweeney owns that. Owns that she was capitalizing of the humor of the time. Yeah. And has, you know, apologized for those shortcomings. but And I don't think she does Pat anymore. <laughs> Guys, please welcome back as the voice of Monty, Snowbell's cat bestie, Steven Zahn. He was with us when we covered... Chicken Little. <gasps> I forgot about he, that. He's Runt. Yes, he, he is. He's the voice of Runt. I love Steven Zahn. Of course, they genetically tiny legs. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, Dr. Doolittle, Daddy Daycare, uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah! Oh my goodness! He's in a movie called Speak, which was Kristen Stewart's breakout film. Uh, I love that movie. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, bunch of other stuff. And guys, uh, voicing the Stouts, Reginald and Camille, we have uh, Bruno Kirby and Jennifer Tilly. Please welcome back Jennifer Tilly to Kicking and Streaming. Also with us when we did the Haunted Mansion. I see you, Rob. <laughs> And wait, say that other guy's name again. Bruno Kirby. He was in uh, When Harry Met Sally. I've heard that guy's voice before. He's also in uh, Good Morning Vietnam. And The Godfather. The Godfather. That's it. That's why they picked him for this. You know that's why they picked him. (laughs) And one more, guys, I'll throw in here. Chaz Palminteri voices Smokey. Who's like the mob cap? No, yeah, that that guy plays mob bosses on like every police procedural I've ever seen. He's in Modern Family, A Bronx Tale. Um, he's also in Bullets Over Broadway, which you've heard me mention on this before. He's Cheech. He was in Organized Crime with Christopher Maloney. Any opportunity, <laughs> any opportunity you get, you'll do it. Listen, he's my zaddy. Don't don't come for me on this. I'm coming for you on that, <laughs> guys. That Columbia logo at the beginning. Why do you always bring up the Columbia logo? Because my goodness, it just gives me so many boops. Oh my God. This... You're hot for Columbia. A little bit, yeah. Did we not just do John Adams? No, uh, I know. I'm kidding. No. This film is extreme childhood comfort, and I'm so glad we're talking about it today. And Carrie, guess what it is? What? It's today. It's today. It's today. It's today. We open in New York City. We're in Manhattan on the island with the little family. On Fifth fucking Avenue with a beautiful house stuck between two skyscrapers. Oh, no. This family has the definition of privilege. Like, I can't even begin to imagine what it costs to live on Fifth Avenue South. Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Fred? I've been trying to suss out your profession throughout the whole film. Couldn't do it. It's got to be finance, right? Yeah, it's got to have something to do with money. You know the littles are money. That's the thing. Frederick, the dad, he's very nerdy. The Hugh Laurie character. Mm -hmm. He wears glasses. He wears sweater vests for crying out loud. It's got to be something in finance. And he's married to Eleanor, Mm -hmm. Gina Davis, Uh, Mrs. Little. I always wanted her to be my mom. Like, I love my mom, and I always want my mom to be my mom. But, like, if I had a second choice, I want Mrs. Little. Little to be my mom. Hot moms of the millennium unite. <laughs> uh, like Gina Davis in Stuart Little and like Carla Gugino in Spy Kids. They're so pretty. They are so pretty. Oh my goodness. I love them. I want a queen to protect me. You right? Know, like. And they have a little boy named George. <laughs> George Little is big excited because today is the day that his parents are going to adopt a little brother for him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the reasons for the Littles adopting, we never get that. Yeah, it could be X, Y, Z. Who knows? It's I'll... none of our business. It's none of our business. And I, here's the thing though, I do kind of hate the way this movie reduces the entire adoption process down to a few micro scenes because Oh wait, because they literally bring home an adoptee today? Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, it's a grossly complicated process that involves background checks and interviews and like sessions where you meet with the kid and figure out if you're a good fit and in this movie they kind of portray the adoption process as if they're just going to pick up a puppy from the pound. Well, that's kind of what it is when you have Fifth Avenue money. They're putting little George on the bus to go to school. So he does go to school. So yeah, you're right. He's probably seven or eight years Mm -hmm. old. And he looks out the window at them and he goes,
4: Remember, I want a little brother, not a big brother.
0: So we go to the uh, New York City public orphanage. And and (laughs) the woman, Who runs this orphanage? Her name is literally Mrs. Keeper. Yeah, Mrs. Keeper. Barf. The littles are a little ridiculous. Um... They're a little overwhelmed because, again, the oversimplification of the adoption process, Mrs. Keeper just lets them go into the dormitory while the children are at recess. Shopping. Yeah, we're we're shopping for a kid. We're window shopping. It's like the children are in a zoo and the littles are walking through the dorm. They start looking around at all the kids and they're like overwhelmed. Like how on earth will we ever choose? The way, listen, the way they finish each other's sentences is just so fucking endearing. It's total relationship goals, right?
3: Oh, Frederick, look at them
4: how could we possibly choose i know they all seem so wonderful you know what's wonderful what's wonderful is how you both know what the other one is going to say before you even say it <laughs> not that it's any of my business
0: they look down and there is a mouse sitting between their knees yeah no not the little version of little women that steward is <laughs> reading <laughs> Is wearing a uniform like all the other kids are wearing, and is speaking to them. Who is this tiny man mouse? No one has any questions about this. Is this the first time an animal has ever spoken to them? Yeah, no, that's a thing. Like, what? Because, like, obviously, we know their cat can talk. Yeah. Do they talk to the cat? Yeah, have they ever heard their pet cat speak? They just have no questions about the fact that this anthropomorphic mouse is speaking to them. And I know this is all a veil for, like, people being different from you. Yeah. You know? And I'm glad that we're trying to respect that. But, like, we're still shopping for orphans. Yeah. And talking to animals. Yeah. Stuart is very sweet. He's actually advocating for the other kids. He's suggesting adoptees for them. Because he, he knows they're humans, right? right? They're probably not going to want him. So he's like, you know, you know, Bobby can do handstands, and Susie's really good at hopscotch. You certainly know a lot about everyone, don't you?
4: Well, that, that's what happens when you've been here as long as I have. I mean, let's face it, not everyone wants to adopt someone like me. You shouldn't worry about choosing. It happens the same way every time. First, you won't know what to do, you'll be a little bit scared, then you'll meet one of them, you talk to them, Somehow, you just know.
0: Back with Mrs. Keeper. Are you quite certain you're prepared to handle his uniqueness? (laughs) Uniqueness? No, she's literally like, you're not serious, right?
2: (laughs) I love this line. Mr. and Mrs. Little, we try to discourage couples from adopting children outside their own... species. It rarely works out. Well, it will in this case.
0: Uh, the, like, and here's the thing. I do believe, and this is why I believe this, that the littles are good people, because they just want to give that nice, quote, child a good home. That mouse. Yeah, that mouse. They want to give that mouse a good home. But they have not thought this through in the slightest. He just imprinted on them during that entire process, and now they've decided they have to have him. Aw, the kids are going to miss him. When he's leaving the orphanage, and all the kids are like, bye, Stuart. Yeah, we no longer have a mouse in the dorm. (laughs) That'll bring us up to health code. (laughs) And so they bring Stuart home. He's so tiny in that cab. Yeah,
1: it's very cute.
0: Well, Stuart, here we are.
1: The family home.
3: They say every little in the world can find this house.
1: Even if they've never been here before.
3: It's just something inside them.
4: Something inside.
0: So... Would you like a tour? I don't have any money. That is an NYC orphan right there. <laughs> do you like the tour? I don't have any money. <laughs> and they put Stuart on the table and they're showing him all the pictures of all the family members. And I almost said Gina. Uh, Mrs. Little <laughs> is pointing out who everybody is. Here's the thing, though. And again, this goes to my point of Eleanor and Frederick not thinking this through. Because they don't have all the little tiny things they need for him? They don't have all the little tiny things they would need for him, and uh, most importantly, they have a pet house cat.
1: Well, that's just about everybody, except for... <laughs> ah! oh! Whoa. Snowbell! Drop him right now! You spit Stuart out this instant, Snowbell! Spit him right out! Uh, oh, uh, Stuart, all right? Uh, wait! Uh. I'm fine. You must never harm Stuart, you understand? Never, or out you'll go, Mr. Snow. Stuart is one of the family now. We do not eat family members.
0: Not Snowbell. Listen, Snowbell is the pinnacle of house cat, right? What are they thinking? No, I know. Snowbell is a big, white, fluffy lap cat, you Mm -hmm. know? He's used to chasing bugs and shit around the house. Needs attention. He needs attention. (laughs) And he sees Stuart and mistakes him for a snack. And so, of course, he tries to eat him. When he drops him and Stuart checks for his tail. (laughs) Wait! (sighs) I'm I'm fine. I'm (laughs) fine. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then George comes barging in. Listen to me. The way they did not prepare their seven-year-old child for this in any way is unforgivable. Stuart, this is George. George, this is Stuart,
4: your new brother. No, really. Really, George, this is your new brother. You
0: look somewhat like a mouse.
4: Yeah, well, I am somewhat like a mouse.
0: The way Stuart is standing there, like, oh, this is not going well. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) You look somewhat like a mouse. Ross, I love that. Because, yeah, no, he doesn't say you're a mouse. He goes, you look somewhat like a mouse. Which is literally how he's described in the book. And, like, I just... That's the thing. We can't talk about it. We can't talk about how in the book he was a mouse-like child. Because then kids are going to be sitting around the dinner table saying, pass the salad. And oh, by the way, how did Stuart Little's mother give birth to him? Yeah. No one wants to have that conversation. And George... (laughs) Says, no thanks, and storms off to his secret chambers. He just opens the wall no, and yeah. slams it. His room's really cool. His room's in the basement of the house. What is this, the White House? <laughs> you just no, yeah. open walls and disappear? Yeah, because it's not an actual door. It, it's wallpapered <laughs> over. It looks like part of the wall. What does Frederick Do It's gotta be finance, that's all I'm saying. It's Peter McAllister money, that's how I know that. We go to dinner time. (laughs) We're having meatloaf. I always wanted to try Mrs. Little's meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) Ross. But never got around, the food they're eating looks so scrumptious. Shall we
3: get to know each other a little? George, don't you have anything you want to ask Stuart?
4: Sure, George, go ahead. I'm an open book. Ask me anything, the first thing that pops into your head. Can you pass the gravy? And it's just the
0: way he just looks at the gravy bowl like I couldn't possibly. <laughs> George! <laughs> and they put him to bed that night in the gigantic bed because they were expecting to bring home a toddler. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's got this huge room with this huge bed and all these toys he couldn't possibly play with. But here's the thing, Ross. Stewart doesn't care. Oh, a safe place. <laughs> a safe place for Stewart. Not exactly. Well, <laughs> no, it's not exactly a safe place. But, Ross, he gets his first kiss goodnight mm-hmm. from the only mother he's ever known. This woman he's known for five minutes. And when she gives him that smooch goodnight and the way he is so enamored with that. It it just makes my heart grow three sizes. It's not five seconds after they close the door and Snowbell <laughs> wanders in. Yeah, because Snowbell Snowbell is not down with the idea of having a mouse as a, quote,
1: master. Are you cozy? Yes. Thanks. I'm quite comfortable. Because all I've got to sleep on is a rag in the corner, you little rat. You seem tense. Tense? Oh, I'm I'm way past tense. Uh,
3: Nathan Lane.
0: <laughs>
1: he's back and better than ever.
0: Nathan Lane and all his homosexual energy are here. and I I absolutely love it. He's my favorite thing about this movie. Oh tense. <laughs> I'm way past tense. I think it's very interesting that for Stewart, they chose to do entirely CGI, whereas with the cats in this movie, mm-hmm. it's real cats with mouth morphing over their faces, Amazingly right? done mouth morphing. It is amazing! Like, I don't question it for a second. Granted, you and I saw this when we were children, mm-hmm. but even in the 2022, I'm like, this is not that big a deal for me because, again, like I always say... The less frame of reference you have for the thing, the better the CGI looks. So we don't know what an anthropomorphic mouse would move and speak like, right? Mm-hmm. But we do know what a cat would move like. Mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry energy. Tom
3: and Jerry energy!
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little confused. I said this what you do with a pet. A pet? I am not your pet. I'm a cat. You're a mouse. You should be living in a hole. This is my family. Can't we share them? Read my furry pink lips. No. I can't believe this. I'm arguing with lunch. And stay away from the windows. The other cats find out about this. I'm ruined. Oh, I gotta relax. Where's my
2: tinkle ball?
0: I don't know what his tinkle ball is, but I want it. What does that mean? He wants to play with his toy. He needs to decompress. Is it a ball that tinkles? Yeah, no, it's probably a ball with a little bell in it. (laughs) Where's my tickle ball? So I'm going to kind of not skirt over this next part, but it's a lot, so I'm just going to talk you through it. Okay. Um, Getting ready the next morning, it actually involves Stuart being trapped in a pile of George's clothes, thrown down the laundry chute, and placed in the washer, and he (laughs) cannot get Eleanor's attention after she turns it on. He's very excited on that first morning, but then, like, George literally picks him up with the laundry and throws him down the chute. And Eleanor is none the wiser. And the thing is like he's knocking on the door of the, of he's knocking on the glass door of the watcher and Eleanor thinks it's someone at the door. <laughs> Goes and checks the door, it's nobody. Here's the other thing and I I'm sorry that I'm so the way that I am about this, but can we talk about her fit for 2 seconds? I know. Eleanor Little is just choring. I know. She does not have to look this good. She is in fucking heels. She's in a beautiful skirt and top. I love that you describe them as heels because they're clogs. They're choring clogs, but I love that you think of them as heels. Oh, are they not heels? They're not heels. They're like choring clogs. Oh, well, I just think of her in heels. They're, so... they're basically crocs. And like Snowbell wanders into the laundry room and the water's just rising inside the watcher. <laughs> and, and Stuart's like, Snowbell! Can
1: you help me? Can can you turn this thing off? Why would I turn it off? It's my favorite show. That's
4: funny! That's funny, Snowbell! Snowbell, you can't leave me!
1: Talk to the bud!
4: Snowbell, where are you going?
1: Oh, I've got to stare at traffic, yawn, lick myself. And believe me, that could take hours if you do it right. Listen, Snowbell
0: is working (laughs) to rule. He is not doing anything more than is required of him right now. Ciao. <laughs> Here's the thing, Ross. Stewart has been here less than 24 hours. He's already had two near-death experiences. <laughs> Eleanor walks in the washing room, looks at the washer and goes, "Hi, Stewart." <laughs> throws that washer open, which my washer won't do that once it's already running. Yeah. She manages to get that washer open. All of the water comes out on the floor, and Stuart's alive.
2: <coughs> Stuart, are you all right? I'm okay, Mom. I'm... <coughs> Burps
0: of a bubble. <laughs> this is, okay, this is where I noted M. Night Shyamalan has a talent for soft comedy. Yeah, we experienced this in signs. We experienced this in the village. Like circu- l- circumstances that are so horrible, they shouldn't be funny. There's so much shtick in this movie. Speaking of shtick, we go shopping the next day, right? We're gonna go look for some outfits. We're going clothes shopping. In a toy store. I was going to say, that's exactly how we're going to get around this. I love this stupid scene because it's literally just the shtick of him being three inches tall, right? Yeah. And this sales attendant, who is taking it completely seriously. Again, no one has questions. Something formal, I should think. I'm not sure of the fabric, but it should breathe. He does have a tendency to burrow and climb and generally
3: scurry about.
2: Well, I'm sure we can find something to suit your particular
1: need.
3: Here we have
1: Barbados Ben. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Chef Ben.
0: Ah. Oh, he's taking us through the many moods of Ben. Uh, Yeah, I love how they couldn't get Mattel to license Barbie for this. So instead of Ken, we have Ben, mm-hmm. who has so many different outfits. They get Stuart this little suit cuz they're going to have a party to welcome him to the family with the rest of the little. I uh, Ross, I do love the extended little family. Um, can I just say one thing right here right now? I w- it was at this point in the movie. I think it was a shot of them going up the stairs to get into the house. I don't know, but it was this is where I noted Mr. and Mrs. Little are attractive. Are you really going to do this right now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're just, Gina Davis is so hot. And like (laughs) Hugh Laurie. (laughs) Hugh Laurie is very cute the way he's done up. And like, you're just like, it does my heart good to think about those two kids doing it like you know (laughs) frederick little was just that nerd in college that absolutely endeared the fuck out of eleanor like (laughs) and it comes through in their family as well right yes because now we're getting all of the extended littles coming to the house for the party right we get frederick's older brother crenshaw
1: crenshaw frederick
0: little high little low little high That's their thing, right? Yeah, that's their thing. That's their call and response. That's so sweet. I know. How often do you see that? An actual sense of family. Yeah. And Stuart is so nervous about (laughs) making a good impression on them. Also, Eleanor and Frederick did not prepare the family. No, they did not.
1: (laughs) This is is Stuart. Uh, Attention, everybody. We'd like to introduce you to someone.
3: This is Stuart.
4: Hello, everyone.
1: He's, uh... uh...
0: Adorable!
3: Adorable! Yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: Adorable, yeah. Couldn't make a word.
0: This is the thing about the Littles, though. Even though they were not prepared for this, they treat him just like any other new member of the family they would. Yeah. Like, they are so nice about it. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to applaud the bare minimum. <laughs> no, yeah. But, like, they just don't make it weird for him at all. They actually make it very very nice for him and they're also nice and open with him Stuart just wants to be loved and he's so good he's got such a good heart the cringe though when they are helping him open all of the presents such as the heavy bowling ball and the bicycle yeah (laughs) climb your little keister up here Stuart right up there (laughs) and like Stuart gets up on this bicycle and starts talking about how like when he was in the orphanage that he would read all these stories and these books and all these fairy tales and about these you know these loving families who get together oh and this is so nice how he, how he and the orphans would dream about the day that they would get brought home to a big family and have a big party like this
4: a party with cakes and presents and, and
0: all varieties of meatloaf
4: a party with a big family who came from far away just to wish us well I don't know much about families, but this must be the nicest family in the world, I think. So I I just wanted to thank each of you, because now I know
0: fairy tales are real. Ross! I know, I'm like, I, I, I cried three times while watching this. Why is it that the older we get, the more emotional we get? Because you remember how you feel watching this as a child. Oh. And how it made you feel then, and how it makes you feel, if not the same way, even more about it now. It's healing. Yeah, it is. I'm soothing my inner child with this movie. Exactly. That's exactly why I picked it. That's exactly why I picked it. And Uncle Crenshaw's gift is actually a gift for both Stuart and George. He gives them the it's a baseball it barely looks like a baseball at this point in history Mm -hmm. but it's the baseball that allegedly their great great grandfather jedediah it's always a jedediah jedediah little played with when he was a kid and he and frederick used to throw it back and forth when they were kids and like i don't know i don't know what this evening's been like for george But this is kind of where he loses
1: it. George, why don't you take your brother outside and toss around the old horse hide? Yeah, what do you say, George? You ready? Are you all nuts? Bicycles and
4: bowling balls? How's he gonna toss a baseball? How is he gonna do any of those things? He's not my brother. He's a mouse.
0: And just, like, everyone just gets dead quiet. And poor Stuart hangs his head. And then I love Stretch. Time to go. they all get up and start to leave it's like it got too sad and awkward time to go at least the littles know when it's time to go right (laughs) like in remember in the Color Purple when (laughs) when Sophia gets slapped by Suge in the club and then that that guy playing the piano closes the piano oop time to go (laughs) I can't believe you're bringing up the color purple right now I love you so much. Oh my God. And so obviously that leaves Stuart feeling rather devastated about his own state of affairs. Stuart finally, for the first time in his life, has a safe place. To talk about how he's feeling. And he's just like... Listen. This is where we talk about the feeling of the empty space. Yeah, he's like, listen, you guys are great and everything. And I, I feel so welcomed by basically everybody but George. Yeah, yeah. But I still feel like there's something missing. Something's missing. I I feel
4: an empty space inside me. And, and I just want to know what was there before. You have an empty space? That's so sad. Oh, dear. I hope I haven't left you dismayed and disappointed.
1: No. No, no, no. 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 We don't feel dismayed and disappointed.
2: Not at all.
0: And this sets uh, Frederick and Eleanor on the quest of finding out more about his birth parents. I have one question for you. How? Carrie, <laughs> we, we really can't get into how we're setting up a legal framework about around the care of this mouse in New York City. Yeah. Because Miss Keeper from the orphanage does tell them, listen, this is going to be a near impossible task to find his, quote, real parents and where they're from. Because mice aren't very good with paperwork. Mm -hmm. And so, but here's the thing. I love that even though the littles know it's going to be a very difficult task. They're still willing to do that for him. Yeah. That can be very important to kids who are in foster care or who are newly adopted, wanting to know where they came from. And they're willing to do that for him. So, Monty, he's a trash kitty. <laughs> He's one of Snowbell's friends. This brownstone they live in has a cat flap in the kitchen door. It sure does. Which means that the strays that Snowbell is friends with can just come and go as they please. I wonder if they're aware of that.
3: (laughs) I don't think think they are. I think Frederick
0: and Eleanor might know about it. Because, like, obviously they can talk to Snowbell, right? No, I don't
2: think that's obvious.
0: Okay, well... (laughs) If Snowbell can talk to Stewart, they should be able to talk to Snowbell. No, I don't know if Frederick and Eleanor and Stewart ever had a conversation where they were, where Stewart was like, did you know that your cat can talk? Yeah. <laughs> like... I could communicate with him. And yeah, you're right. Monty the stray shows up. He's here to eat because that's the only way he's going to get fed today, he, right? Yeah, he, he's mooching. He comes in through the cat flap and Snowbell is at an 11 because he doesn't want... It getting back to the quote street cats that he now has a mouse for a master Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's gonna hurt his reputation he tries to shoo Monty out of the house so that he doesn't see Stuart but at the last second Monty notices Stuart climbing into a box of goldfish crackers <laughs> which is just very funny
4: yes he pounces up on the counter oh hello you must be a friend of Snowbell's I'm Stuart uh, aren't you gonna run why 'Cause you're a mouse? I'm I'm not just a mouse. I I'm also a member of this family. Oh. A mouse with a pet cat.
0: Oh. <laughs> a mouse with a pet cat. It's so funny to Monty. It is funny. And And he says, wait till the guy is here about this. Oh, and that sends Snowbell on a tear, right? Um, The humiliation. (laughs) Oh, Oh. Oh. the
1: humiliation.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) And so Snowbell chases Stewart. Basically into Georgie's room. Yeah, Stuart has to like burrow under the door of George's room. He down can in... do that because he... he's a mouse. Yeah, mi- mice are mostly cartilage. Yeah, they can fit through holes the size of a nickel. Oh my god. Yeah, no, they're they're crazy biologically. But yeah, he goes down into Georgie's room. Uh, George's room is sick, by the way. Okay. Yeah, this is how you know they come from money. Also, Carrie, the everything of George's room. Yeah, Do you understand why I am the way that I am. <laughs> you understand why I spent all my time at Cynthia's Hallmark in that one room. Yeah, with the little uh, Christmas town villages. Yes. Yeah, George and his dad. One of the ways they spend time together is they're hobbyists. Down in Georgie's room, there's all these tiny villages that he and his dad have built together. And the toy train. A t- he's into trains. Yeah. Because of course he is. Lionel Coinbank. Lionel, Lionel Coinbank. Coinbank. Lionel <laughs> Coinbank. I love that. That's such a core memory. I know. And this is where Stuart and George start to bond a little bit, right? Yeah. They're playing like the, with the train, right? And Stuart's <laughs> pretending to be tied up with his tail on the track. <laughs> this is a tiny village. Like, Stuart actually, quote fits in. That's right. Yeah. In this setting, in this tiny little village that George and his dad built together. And George also shows him his tiny remote control car that he has. It's a bright red roadster convertible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Here's the thing, though. That remote control car inexplicably has steering and engine capabilities? With a tiny radio. Yeah, with a tiny radio that are good That Stuart can control. Yeah, that's completely independent of the remote control capabilities. Now that's money. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, a Roadster.
4: Go ahead, check it out. (laughs)
0: Stuart, what's wrong?
4: Nothing. It's just... It's the first time i fit in since I got here.
0: Oh, Stuart. <sighs> oh, your tiny, tiny, tiny heart. Oh, it's so too good for this world. Uh, and then, like, he looks in the mirror of the car and sees the unfinished racing boat that George is trying to build. Yeah. The Wasp. Yeah, I... <laughs> I do kind of hate that it's called the Wasp! Yeah, I know. Why Anglo-Saxon Protestants? <laughs> I'm sure that's not why they named it that but I do hate that that is what it is called and he's like why haven't you sailed it yet and he's like because it's not finished and Stuart's like well we should finish it and George is like I don't know I'm not very good at the racing part I came in last last time I tried to do it and I'm just kind of afraid to well at least you'll have been somewhere
4: come on George what do you say Let's get started. You know. I'm not really sure I want a brother. Hmm. Well, how
0: about a friend? I guess I could always use a friend. Cut to, um, <clears throat> Snowbell just absolutely can't handle his circumstances, so he wants to do something about it. Thankfully, he has Monty to make connections for him on the street, and Monty is leading him into this back alley somewhere, we're going to meet Smokey. Smokey, hey Smokey! Smokey, it's me, Monty! Smokey is basically the Don Corleone of the alley cats in Manhattan. Hello, Mr. Smokey, sir. <laughs> I just love that the implication of that is that there's an alley cat mafia? Yeah, no, there's a cat mafia. <laughs> That's just, it's too funny!
1: Yeah, you see, sir, I've got this mouse at home I can't eat. Sensitive stomach? Oh, no, I can't eat him cause... <clears throat> a member of the family. A mouse with a pet cat? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh.
3: That's not
0: funny. That's sick. A cat can't have a rodent for a master. Okay. there. We have purism in the feline community? That's so funny that you called it purism because I called it fragile masculinity, which are both concepts that have no bearing on the feline world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just... Oh, my God. It's so funny.
4: I mean, what's this world coming through? It's against the laws of nature.
1: Word of this gets out, it'll be bad for cats all over. So you think you can help me? Consider it done. Did you hear that, Monty? Thank you, Mr. Smokey, sir. I'll never forget this, really. Don't worry, Tinkerbell. I'm all over it. (laughs) Tinkerbell! He called me Tinkerbell. You're a funny guy.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we need to talk about racing day. We've arrived at the day of the big boat race. This is the Littles' first family day out, right? You mean the little boat race? Yeah, the little boat race. The Littles at the little boat race. Yeah. I love how all the Littles, like Frederick, Eleanor, George, and Stuart, are all kind of wearing matching outfits. Right? Like, they look like a brochure for the Yacht Club. And Stuart going over the ship and doing checks with George. It's very cute. They're doing checks. Eleanor is so pleased that yeah. they're getting along. And we also get a look at the competition, right? Oh, no, Anton. This rich kid named Anton. He has He's got that big boat that George saw in the window. Yeah. Listen, I don't know a thing about Anton other than that he's an asshole to George. And that's all that I need to know. Gee, George. What did you do?
3: Get
4: that out of a cereal box? I'm glad you're here, George.
0: Someone's got to finish last.
2: I don't like that child.
0: The way Frederick comes walking up after he's walked away, and he's just like, I don't like that child. (laughs) <laughs> Frederick. <laughs> and the, the 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 race is getting ready to start. And poor Stuart thinks he can do some things on his own that he just can't. And he's trying to lift up the remote controller. And he's balancing it, trying not to drop it. And he does, and it gets stepped on by somebody.
3: Ah! Look out, Stuart!
0: It's. It doesn't just get stepped on, it's destroyed. Like, it's in pieces. Yeah, and, like, Mom's trying to console George, and, like, Stuart's talking to Fred. He's like, I ruined everything, didn't I? George can't race now. He has no way to control the boat. Mm-hmm.
3: Ready, and... <laughs> and...
1: I think we should just go home.
3: The sails
0: are full, and there's a mouse on the boat... Then you hear the announcer saying, is that a... Mouse I see on the boat. (laughs) And they're like, what? No, yeah. Again, this thing has independent (laughs) hydraulics from the remote control. I just don't know. No, Stuart is on the Wasp. He is manning the Wasp for the race. Like, this is his way to make it up to George for destroying the remote. And I have the exact same note, Ross. Nothing about this makes sense. Those boat parts have been specifically built to respond to the remote control. So it's really unclear how Stewart is able to rig up this boat like it's an actual ship and sail down the river. He's not a trained sailor. Do you know what the most asked question in the movie is? What? Where's Stewart? <laughs> Where's Stuart? That should not be the most common question. They go up on the bridge to see him sail underneath it.
2: <gasps> Frederick, I don't like this one bit. George, your
0: mother doesn't like this one bit. I'm okay, Mom! Go, Stuart! Down the mainsail! What's a mainsail?
3: Oh, (laughs)
0: no. Davis just goes, oh! And so what little Anton is doing with his monster of a sailboat is he is running over every ship that even gets near to passing him. Oh, it's very unsportsmanlike. Hey, that's cheating. You can't do that. Well, I just did. Yeah, he's so entitled. Such a little asshole. I do love... How unflappable Stuart is Mm -hmm. in all of this. The likelihood of him falling in that river and drowning is pretty high. Yeah. Especially when you have Anton out there sabotaging the other boats. And just the way that Anton, like, throws that boat into high gear. This little shit stain is trying to kill George's little brother. Like, he knows Stuart's out there, and George just tackles him on oh, the bridge. No, 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 Like, Stuart catches their lines together, like their sails at the top.
3: <laughs> ah, that
4: can't be good. What
0: that stupid oh. mouse to my sail. He's
3: not a stupid mouse. You're right, he's a stupid rat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then George just tackles his ass. <laughs> it's so funny because George is so much smaller than that kid. And he gives, it gives Stuart enough time to unstick the boats together. Yeah, the uh, mast. Uh, sorry, to unstick the boats. And it gives Stuart enough time to crawl up the mast and literally snap that cord into so that the boats become detangled. And like, I just, I, and then he has to drop back down onto the deck to prevent the wasp from steering into the wreckage of the other boats. Mm -hmm. Like, the the scale of what he's doing can kind of be lost on you. Uh
3: Uh 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 Yeah! Yeah!
0: (laughs) Guys! Stuart wins the fucking race. Everybody's cheering for Stuart? How does no one have any questions about how this mouse won this race? Who is that mouse, anyway? That's no mouse, that's my brother. Oh, my heart. Oh, the music and the clapping and the applauding. And I, oh, Oh, I'm crying. I know. Uh, George has accepted him as his little brother. That's when Gavin, Gavin was still working while I was watching this and taking notes on it. And he came out and I was kind of tearing. He goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just so emotional. (laughs) This, This mouse won this boat race. Yeah. And we're having a big celebratory party. Everybody looks snazzy. They got their trophy. Yeah, everybody's. Is dressed real nice I love that him and him and George are dressed the same yeah. Stuart, Stuart and George are dressed the same in like white suits and like they were like we need a family picture and they get the four of them together as an immediate family and Stretch like stops from taking the picture and he's like what's
4: wrong well it's uh, just uh... you four look great together
0: this is the happiest moment of my life I, just feel, I feel 10 inches tall. And I'm like, this is where I'm crying. I'm like... Yeah, they, they finally fit, yeah, right? Yeah, they finally fit. They bought it as a family. It's so nice. <laughs> but that is all coming to a speedy halt. Here we go. Because Reginald and Camille Stouter at the front door. They are two mice themselves. <laughs> Guys, they claim to be Stuart's parents. Like... Come on. Right now? (laughs) Right now, after he's already fit in with the Littles? This is the definition of awkward. Guys... Think Annie. Yeah. Think Annie, because that's exactly what's happening here. Reginald and Camille are talking to the littles about how, like, they couldn't feed him when he was a baby, so they had to give him up for adoption. How does one come out on the front steps of an orphanage, find a mouse, and decide to take it in and raise it as a human? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I feel like you and I would both do that, but maybe I'm expecting too much of you. Maybe I Maybe back in the day. Like, I don't know. <laughs> when you were a kid. And like, yeah, obviously the orphanage has found his real parents. Mr. and Mrs. Stout, I'm afraid there's been a mistake. Right. Stuart can't leave with you. He's... He's one of the family. Exactly. You may
4: feel like he's family, but he'll never really be family. You may not realize it, but I'm sure he does. There's something you'll never be able to give him. Because you're human. No offense. It's a place that you'll never be able to fill.
2: An empty space.
0: The Stouts make the same point that Stuart made when he was talking to Eleanor and Frederick about his empty space, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, Camille, Camille, I have a lot of feelings about Reginald Camille. I kind of would kind of like to get together with them and have a drink. Right, right. No, they seem fun. They seem like a fun time. But that's just a weird concept because they're mice. He may look like family, but he'll never really be family. And Ross, I I can't believe I'm tearing up right now. No, yeah, um, they're saying goodbye. Yeah, Stuart has packed up his things. He's so incredibly sad that he has to leave the Littles. George is angry. Like he retires to his bedroom, slams the door. Fuck. It all. stinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Camille and Reginald are trying to catch a cab. Why does it matter that they were get a cab in this city? <laughs> Like, they're putting shit in the cab, and, like, this is where Eleanor's like, no, 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 fuck
1: this. Let's
4: just make them go away. We're bigger than they are. We'll see.
2: Go. Shoot. Let's get the
1: whiskers off. Eleanor, you're not being rushed. Rational.
2: rational, shmational. Something about this is not right. I just know it. Look at them. They just fit. So what? I have shoes that fit, and I hate them.
4: And Stuart's mother, I ought to... But you're not. She is.
0: They just fit. So what? I have shoes that fit and I hate them. (laughs) Eleanor! She's getting so Mama Bear about this. But, you know, Hugh Laurie is right. Frederick's right. He's like, we have to let him go with them. As a last gesture to Stuart and his family. George comes rushing out with the roadster and gives it to them as a parting gift. So they can have a way to get around. Yeah. And just, it's so sad. Again, with Hugh Laurie's overacting. The way... That he has to pretend to pick up that little suitcase with his forefinger and thumb. Yeah. And then gently set Stuart down on the sidewalk when he's obviously not there. I believe every second of it. This poor kid. I know. He's so sad. Because, again, it's what he always imagined, right? That his real parents would come back for him. But now he loves the littles. He wants to stay with the littles. I want you to have this.
4: Oh, George. At the roadster, George, you love this car. I, I couldn't. I want you to. Thanks, George. I
0: wish you didn't have to go. I'm gonna miss you.
2: I'll miss you too, George.
0: The Stouts live on an abandoned golf course in Brooklyn. <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like, like a big, big pizza pie, that's some more. Right. Literally driving across the skywalk <laughs> on the Brooklyn Bridge. What the Radio in the little roadster. Yeah, yeah, the tiny little radio. It makes no sense. They live in a literal castle. Yeah. In a putt putt castle. (laughs) In a putt putt castle. (laughs) Like, the next day, Mrs. Keeper from the orphanage. This (laughs) is so funny and not at the same time. No, guys, Miss Keeper is here with bad news, okay? She comes over to the house to tell the littles that Stuart's real parents. Have died. She's, she tells them they had an accident. And, you know, Mr. and Mrs. are like, oh my God, are they okay? And she's like, no, they didn't make it.
2: They were crushed by a pyramid of soup cans in the grocery store. Well, apparently they were grocery shopping, canned food aisle. There was an unsteady pyramid of cans and it collapsed. It took three bag boys to dig them out. They had to identify them by their dental records.
3: Oh, how
2: horrible. Cream of mushroom soup, two for one sale. That's a very happy soup. This is hilarious! Who <laughs> oh, wrote that line? M. M- Night
0: Shyamalan! <laughs> and the way... But they've been gone for years. No, the way this actress is giving her entire all, <laughs> she's so no, serious.
2: That's my favorite part. But they've been gone for years. Years? How is that possible? Because they died. Years ago, which part is confusing you? Stewart's parents came and took him away three days ago. Three days ago? Stewart's parents died in a tragic cream mushroom soup incident years ago. I just told you. Dear, we have to take this up with the police.
0: Mm-hmm. And Snowbell's like, no! No, this is where I took the note in all capital letters, the littles didn't make a single phone call before they let the Stouts take Stewart. I know. Wouldn't they call the orphanage and follow up? You dumb white rich people. Here's the other thing that I realized in this moment. Obviously, the stouts are plants that have been sent there by Mr. Smokey. By Smokey and the cat gang, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And the thing is, that's so complicated, right? Yeah. Getting a couple of other mice to comply with your scheme. Well, they cornered them at the bottom of a hole in that in that putt- putt course and, and made f- them do it, yeah. But like there's a cat flap in the house. There's a cat flap in the kitchen door. Well, th- that way this doesn't come back on Snowbell. Yeah, but, like, why just not sneak in in the middle of the night, get Stewart, and leave? Who's well, say- not everyone's a seasoned kidnapper like you are, Carrie. <laughs> okay, like- all right, fine, I'll back off. They know about the stouts! They know about the stouts! Oh, Snowbell's <laughs> at a fucking eleven.
1: We do what we should have done in the first place. We scratch him out. Scratch him out? But Smokey, the police are involved. I don't want to get kicked out of my house. I'm not a street cat, I'm a house cat. I don't want to lose my furry basket or my tickle ball that I push across the floor with my nose. No, buddy, pull yourself together. It's settled.
0: Stuart Little gets scratched tonight. Oh, not Scratched. Oh. Is that like... Not the the cat equivalent of sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, I was going to say, is that like in the movies when they say, take care of him? The rabbit cacked him last night. Yeah, that kind of shit. Cut back to the little house where there is a full CSI investigation happening in their home. Mm-hmm. The police are lifting prints for crying out loud. Yeah. What do they think they're going to have to compare them to? Are you kidding me? So the Alley Cats have obviously approached Reggie and Camille to say, listen, you got the mouse out of the house. Now we want him. We, we got to kill him. It's the only way we're not going to leave an evidence trail. Yeah, And, like, Reginald knows he's got to take Stuart to the cats so they can kill him. And, like, he's having him put his clothes on, put his shoes on. We're going somewhere. But Camille is sobbing because of the guilt. Oh, no. She has an actual conscience. She is very guilty over what they've done.
4: Mom, I'm not angry at you for putting me up for adoption. <laughs>
3: And now that I'm a stout again, I'll I'll always be here to
4: take care of you. Because that's what families do. Mom, they they take care of each other.
0: Tell him the truth! She takes her handbag out of Reggie's hands and smacks him with it. Tell him the truth! That makes me bust every single time. I also love that Reggie is basically wearing the same blue leisure suit that Randy Quaid wears in Christmas Vacation. Okay, all right. And Camille is styled like she's Peggy Bundy from Married with Children. Yeah, yeah. This is actually good news for Stuart. That's why I've been feeling so sad. That's why I keep thinking of them. I'm I'm
4: not a stout, I'm a little. I'm Stuart Little. I'm
1: Stuart Little! You have to listen to us. The cats have decided you're too risky to keep around anymore. They ordered us to hand you over to them. As your fake father,
0: I order you to run. But he takes off in the roadster, right? Goodbye, fake father. Goodbye, fake mother. (laughs) Goodbye, son. (laughs) Goodbye, Stuart. (laughs) I'm gonna miss that boy. I'm I'm gonna gonna miss miss that car. car. (laughs) Cut to Stewart driving through Central Park, blaring music as if to say, "Come and get me." Oh and no! I- yeah, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's a missed opportunity. Okay. Why was it not Johnny be good? Go, Johnny, go, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the song he plays in Back to the Future. Exactly. Why was that not the song? Missed opportunity. So Smokey and the gang corner him, obviously, which I don't you could hardly say corner. He got out of his car in the middle of the road. But like they corner him and they chase him into a sewer. In which Stuart loses the car to the sewer bed.
1: Did you see that? Damn! Nobody could have survived that. Right, boss? Yeah. The mouse is sleeping with the fishes. Long, wet nap. Hey! The sewer rod's alive! (laughs) After him! No way.
0: I'm a cat. I don't do water. Barely jumps? Into the sewer grate. Yeah. And gets out onto the street, onto Fifth Avenue in front of the house. No, the fact that he was able to shake those cats in Central Park makes no sense. Cats are literally the perfect land predator. Also, that cat said damn. Uh, he did, yes. <laughs> he did. All these cats that are casually the, swearing. The mouse is sleeping with the fishes. A long, wet nap. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the, quote, goons that are in this cat mafia. Yes. We've got, like, Lucky, and then we have Red, who's the orange cat, and they're just the dumbest goons for this cat mafia. Stuart gets in through the mail slot, and, like, no one's home because they're all just gone out to look for him. Yeah, the entire family is out looking for Stuart. Snowbell is so evil. Snowbell is like, there's nobody else here. It's just me. They're all out celebrating.
1: Stewart, I hate to have to tell you this, but they're celebrating. Celebrating what? Can't you guess? No. They were just so happy to get rid of you.
4: That's a lie. I don't believe that.
1: Oh, boy. I wish I could spare you this. This is going to break your little heart.
0: And, like, he shows him the family picture they took together of the four of them. With George and Stuart in matching white suit. But Stuart's head is cut out of the picture because they used it to make a lost flyer Yeah. for him. But Snowbell tells him because Mrs. Little said, Who wants to look at that face anymore?
1: (gasps) And George? She gave it to him and he tore it up. He did? Yeah. I'd give you the pieces, but Mr. Little set them on fire. I tried to warn you, Stuart. I told you it wasn't going to work out. I should have known. It
4: was too good to be true. Snowbell, you're so
0: awful. Oh my God. He makes them, he makes Stuart think that the littles don't miss him at all when they're currently out busting their asses trying to find him. And like, I just, Ross, I'm so sad. Yeah. I'm so sad on behalf of this fictional CGI mouse. I can't stand it. So, Stuart shuffles back across the street into the park with nowhere to go. And, again, the Littles and him keep missing each other Mm -hmm. by seconds. The Littles get home from putting up flyers and little Georgie in the chair by the fireplace with the phone in his lap. Yeah, constantly picking it up. Making sure it's working, just waiting for it to ring. I feel so awful. And like Monty comes to the house to scoop Snowbell because obviously Stuart's been spotted in the park and he's gonna bring Snowbell with him so they can go kill Stuart. Mm-hmm. It's very dark in concept. Come on, come on.
1: I think we're getting closer. I could smell him. Sorry, Smokey, that was me. Didn't your mothers warn you not to go into Central Park at night? My mother was the reason you didn't go into Central Park at night.
0: Yeah, you tell him, Smokey. Yeah, she was one tough broad. She was a saint. You know you're not supposed to go into Central Park at night. <laughs> My mother's the reason why you don't go into Central Park at night. Oh, what a mind. That's why they call him the Gatto to Goody Gotti. <laughs> Listen, I know that we Which don't- Which means the cat of something something? I don't know. No, I know we don't normally have nice things to say about Shyamalan as a writer, but that- the Some of the dialogue between these cats is just hysterical. After prowling around for a bit, uh, Snowbell locates Stuart in a bird's nest. In a tree. He's taken up residence in an abandoned bird's nest. And Snowbell goes up there and is basically- trying to tell him to get out of here yeah he's like listen there's cats out for you i don't want you to be here when stuff
1: goes down look let's get one thing straight i'm doing this for the littles all right they love you george loves you they're all miserable without you but snowbell you said i know what i said i i lied okay welcome to manhattan i'm the one that hates you ah
4: snowbell You do care.
0: (laughs) Snowbell. I love Nathan Lane so much. You do care. (laughs) Welcome to Manhattan. I lied. Whatever. This is where Smokey and the rest of the cats come up on them. And Snowbell's telling Smokey, listen, I want to call the whole thing off. Like, I I don't want you to kill the mouse. I actually kind of like him now because my family likes him. He's not just a mouse, he's 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 family. Oh yeah, Snowbell's choking on it, right? And Smokey starts laughing, laughing at the concept. And I love Stuart in this moment. Yeah, he gives us some real truth. He says,
3: <laughs> Is that what you think? You have to look alike to be family? <laughs> huh? huh? huh?
4: You don't have to look alike. You don't even have to like each other. Look at Snowbell. He hates me. And still, he's trying to save me. Sure, you'll probably scratch him up pretty bad. You'll tear him to shreds. You may even kill him. But Snowbell will not
0: run away. And that is what family is all about. And Stuart, in a way, saves Snowbell. (laughs) I mean, momentarily. This whole thing takes way too long. It does take way too long because Smokey's like, scratch them both. Yeah. (laughs) Scratch them both? (laughs) Snowbell. Stuart gets himself isolated out on a twiggy branch. Yeah. And he's like hanging there precariously trying to get them to come get him. And like the other cats are like on the branch underneath him. And Smokey is, like, pressing down on the branch with his little paws Uh so the other cats can reach him. The impressive stunts they've managed to train these real cats to do is actually kind of amazing. And, like, he's almost got Stuart down to where the other cats can reach him, right? And all the other cats are just hanging out on that lower branch. And this is where Snowbell starts to step out on that branch with the other cat. And he's breaking it off. he's breaking it very, very slowly. Wow. Hey, come on,
1: Snow. You wouldn't do this to me. not your old buddy. Don't worry, buddy. I'm sure you'll land. Hey, Snow, what are you doing? No, no, wait, Oh Wait, I got to ask you something. Ah!
0: That branch just goes snap and all those other cats fall in the river. I wonder what cats' adversity to water is about. I mean, in- because like they don't you like. So I remember somebody saying once, "I should give my cat a bath," and I was like, "No, don't do that." <laughs> um, no, cats. It, it does something bad to them. I think like that's why they clean themselves. They lick themselves clean. No, like- I listen. I don't know a lot of the finer details on that. Here's what I would assume. Okay, the reason they are apex land predators is because they have so much sensory stuff. Locked up in their fur yeah. and their paws and how they feel in the world. And then the moment you get them wet, that disrupts their entire sensory world, right? Yeah. They're like, I can't smell anything. I can't hear anything. I can't feel anything. I don't like this. Yeah, And uh, listen, I know this is horrible, but nothing makes me happier than watching a wet cat freak out. Yeah, Because it's it's not hurting them, really. They're not in pain, but just watching them freak out is so hilarious to me. I can't believe he did that to me. I love that guy. (laughs) After all we've been through. Smokey's the only cat left after all those other cats bag off. And Smokey's coming out onto the branch where Snowbell and Stuart are. And Smoke, I guess Smokey's gonna kill them both. I don't know how he thinks he's gonna do it, but. Say goodnight, Tinkle
1: Bell. (laughs) I guess I showed them. Not bad for a house cat. (laughs) Not bad for a dead house cat.
3: Uh, uh, uh,
4: uh. Say goodnight, Tinkle Bell. Hey, Smokey! His
0: name is Snowbell and lets that twig fly into his face, knocks him right off the branch and all the way down into the water. I just love that cats, while being incredibly powerful beings, have the same fortitude as the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes, I know. The moment you get them wet, that's the ballgame. I'm melting. I'm (laughs) melting. And so, like, Stuart is riding Snowbell back home And this is my least favorite line. I've never ridden a cat bareback before. You're making it weird because of the word bareback, okay? Mm, Hated that. (laughs) Hated that. And, like, Snowbell takes Stuart to the window, and he peeks in, and everybody's still by the fire, right? Waiting for him to come home. Yeah. And he's knocking on the window like, Mom, Dad, George, I'm right here. And, like like Mr. Little's got George picked up and is taken into bed, but George opens his eyes and sees Stuart at the window.
4: George! Mom! Dad! George! I miss you oh, all okay. So much, I thought I'd never see you again. I, I don't understand. How did you manage it? Every little in the world can find the little house in, in Snowbell. I just couldn't have
0: done it without him it's so nice Uh, Uh, i love it so much i was just thinking that this is how people actually look at the end of a fairy tale (gasps) yeah oh guys i can't believe it i'm tearing i can't believe i'm tearing right now yeah i know um I love that movie. This movie just gets you right in the feels. Uh, I think it's just something about how like you can be in a family union no matter how different you are. No, that's the main takeaway I had from this movie when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Because Because you were different. I I wasn't different, Ross. That's the point. Like You and I grew up in a very white-centric community where all the families basically looked the same, right? This was one of my first intellectualizations of oh, not every family has to look like mine. Yeah. And not every family has to look like they belong together. Mm -hmm. I wish we'd called this out more when we were talking about the film itself, but it's so interesting how the production team... Bent over backwards to make the Littles, like the human Littles, look very much like a family that fits together, down to how they're dressed, right? Yeah. Lots of red, lots of blue, lots of matching color schemes, even in their nightclothes. Yeah. And Stuart may not look like them, But he's still a part of their family. And it just, it was so important for me to learn at that age that just because families don't look like they, quote, belong together, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make them any less of a family. This was mainly my pick for healing my inner child. I've been going through it lately. And so this was really nice because I used to watch this over and over and over again. And I haven't seen it in years and years and years. So Was this like a nice soothing balm on your soul? Yes, it was. This is really nice to return to because this is just, it's just a great movie.
3: Yeah. It's just, it
0: absolutely is. And I'm so glad that we got to talk about it because it's very important to me. He's our favorite rodent human hybrid freak. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, guys, that's cute. I love it. I'm so glad. I'm glad that got to heal you a little bit mm-hmm. in these trying times. If just a little bit. Can I offer you a Stuart Little in this trying time? Indeed. <laughs> All right, Ross, this is your birthday month. Yes, it is. Why don't you tell the little onions at home what your next pick is? Oh, guys, guys, next week. Oh, next week? Next week's going to be amazing. Guys, I'm so ready for spooky season. <laughs> and guys, I thought I, as a precursor to spooky season, because carrie Ann will let me do it during spooky season. It's not a Halloween movie. Just because But they show it on Halloween. That doesn't make it a Halloween movie. <laughs> It's a Halloween movie. It's scary. Oh, stop. Um, It is not. Guys, next week, we're going to be talking about the 1985 quintessential classic, The Goonies. One of my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) Oh, no, we're going to have so much to talk about next week. I uh, can't wait. It's going to be so much fun, guys. Oh, Sean Astin. Oh, hi, Corey Feldman. Baby, Sean Astin and Corey Feldman. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. Martha Plimpton. Oh, Martha Plimpton. Yeah. We've got to talk about Martha Plimpton. You and I should be friends with Martha Plimpton. Richard Donner, you're a genius. I love you. Oh, so look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at kick and stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's rate review retweet. Rate review retweet, folks. We want all of you to come and join my little birthday watch party. Also, guys, don't forget, we are now covering the haunting of Hill House. On the Patreon. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, Sorry Mom! Mom.